All right, our first speaker today is Mr. Steve Vigil. He is owner of the Wealth Club here in Houston, along with his partner, Susan Moe. And he's been investing since 2002, seen a lot of changes in the market. And so he's here to tell you about what he does. Take it away, Steve. Okay, well, hey guys. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank uh, Becky and, and Juan Carlos Real Estate IQ for having me on this wonderful panel with everybody tonight. Uh, this ought to be a lot of fun and hopefully a lot of edu great education for everybody. Uh, but like Becky said, uh, I'm the owner of the Wealth Club here in Houston. Uh, we're in our 18th year of uh, being around. So, um, you know, we've been a, a very big uh, influence uh, with, uh, with our group for many, many years. Uh, at the same time, I'm a full-time real estate investor. So, you know, have flipped hundreds of homes, uh, have a large rental portfolio. Uh, we create notes, sell owner finance, and we also buy notes, uh, existing notes. So we're very uh, active out there in the business and um, trying to keep things running as normal as possible right now in this crazy time. Uh, a lot of different things are happening, a lot of changes that I think are gonna happen that we have no idea what that may or may not be. Uh, but I think there, we definitely have some great things coming our way. Um, and that's just a little bit about me. I don't wanna take up too much time. I wanna give everybody else a, a fair shake. So thank you, Becky, Juan Carlos, and all the other panelists. I'm very happy to be here with you. All right, thank you, Steve. All right, next we have Mr. Tim Allums. He is one of the top agents in San Antonio. He's an experienced flipper, landlord, and wholesaler, and he is president of the Alamo RIA. So Tim, take it away. I didn't realize I got muted there. All right. Well, first, I'd like to echo what Steve said and, and thanking uh, Becky and Juan Carlos for the opportunity to, to be on the panel tonight and to share with y'all. I live here in San Antonio, Texas. I've lived here about 37 of my 53 years of existence on this planet. I uh, am fully invested in the San Antonio market. I am a listing specialist with Keller Williams Realty. I consistently rank in the top 300 uh, realtors who uh, practice residential real estate in the city. I'm also blessed to be the president of Alamo Real Estate Investors Association here in San Antonio. We are the only chapter in San Antonio that is part of National RIA. Uh, the market is hot in San Antonio and depending upon the transaction, I say my business is better because of COVID-19 or sometimes it's better in spite of COVID-19, but we are way up over last year, year to date. So there is plenty of opportunity. Uh, you definitely don't want to hide your head, bury your head in the sand. I and mean, there is absolutely opportunity out there. There are lots of people who need the types of solutions that real estate investors can provide. Those investors that come from contribution and create a win-win environment for those real estate transactions and bettering our local community. All right. Thank you, Tim. Next we have Mr. Robin Carriger. and whoops, there we go, there he is. Uh, Robin has been investing for 17 years along with his wife, Cindy. He is the president and co-founder of the DFW Real Estate Investor Club. And he's really passionate about helping new investors revolutionize their financial lives. So tell us a little bit about that and yourself, Robin. Yeah, hi guys. I'm Robin Carriger. Um, I won't. I'll try not to repeat uh, what she just said about me. Uh, but 
Yeah, we have been investing for a long time. Uh, we're going through some interesting times right now, as everybody knows. Um, I, I think one little tip that I want to add is there's there's a lot of fear out there right now. Um, and that, while the theme tonight is good news, right? And that may or may not sound like good news, but uh, fear can lead to poor decisions, uh, both on the part of just regular homeowners who might want to sell or buy or whatever, uh, as well as in the real estate investor community. Um, so I think uh, if, I were to, if I were to add a tip here, uh, just briefly, um, I would say it's, it's so important to get an education. It's also incredibly important in real estate to, you, you, think, you're, you think you're educated, but things change constantly. So you've got to not only get your basic fundamental education, um, but stay informed on what's happening in the market. At DFW REI Club, we do entire meetings a few times a year just on the topic of what's on the horizon in the market. And we get down and dirty into the details. Uh, we talk about, you know, every, everything that could potentially be uh, related to the real estate market. What's the, what's the job market looking like? What's, what's, uh, what's unemployment rate right now? Um, uh, this COVID thing, is it a, um, is it temporary? Is it permanent? Uh, when are we going to have a, a vaccine? Uh, you know, how's the vaccine thing going to be received? It, 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 there's tons of stuff. And like I said, we take a whole hour, hour and a half, you know, a few times a year just to talk about different things that affect the real estate market. And there are, there are websites that you can go to and stay up with that stuff. Bottom line, though, at the end of the day, nobody has a crystal ball about the market exactly, but it's the informed investor who is going to be the most successful. One other little thing I want to add here, too, is it's not just uh, about being informed and educated. That's critically important. Uh, but it's also about being ready, being agile, if you will, nimble as an investor to being able to take advantage of whatever the market does. If it's, if it's a seller's market, awesome. That's great. I'm ready to uh, do some great stuff in a seller's market. If it's a buyer's market, Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm ready to buy. But if you don't, if you don't, if you're, if you got your, all your eggs in one basket and you're, you're myopic and you can only do the one thing or a couple things, you're just not going to be successful as successful long-term. I've seen people get burned so badly in various different downturns and situations because they were kind of myopic and they got lazy in this regard, you know, so, um, Right now, we've got a lot of volatility. It's a presidential election year, right? What if, ooh, what if Biden gets elected? What if Trump gets reelected? What's going to happen? You know, um, I won't. I won't go on and on, but uh, I think the main. Again, I just want to reiterate: stay up on what's going on and how it affects the real estate market. Network relationships are huge. That's why I run a real estate networking club. Quite frankly, it's because I want to not only build and have relationships, but I want to learn from, from everybody else. There are people who have been in the business less time than I have, and yet they are more successful than I am. And I'm humble enough to admit that. And, I'm, and I may have helped them get started even <laughs> in certain cases. And I'm not disappointed with our success 
at all. We've got a lot of rentals and we do a lot of transactions. It's great, but um, you know, it is what, it is what you make it. But, and I, I guess, again, returning to the theme of good news, and this will be my last point uh, before I give it over to Eddie um, is, is that there's a, there's a, there are, there is a lot of opportunity uh, and, uh, but you got to be ready to take, take advantage of it. So, so anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. I got so much to say. There's so much good news, right? <laughs> so. Thanks, Robin. That's great advice. All right, next we have Eddie Speed, owner and president of Colonial Funding Group and trainer and founder of Note School. And Eddie's got a lot of experience, personally having closed around 50,000 note deals. So Eddie, tell us a little bit about you and what you're seeing. Well, hello everybody. Thank you, Becky and Juan for having me and all the panel. I know all these guys well, been around uh, uh, their organizations and very impressive group for sure. Um, Note School has been the busiest in 90 days we've ever been in the history of Note School. We've sold more people into training than we've ever sold in any 90 day period uh, since around 2002. So um, I started in the business in 1980. Um, I started in a contrarian market. Interest rates were 20%. I've lived through 1986. I've lived through 1980, uh, 1998. I've lived through the terrible bomb crash and, uh, of 9-11 and uh, 2008. Interesting fact, because of creative financing, I double my net worth during those cycles. So a lot to be said about what is possible. And uh, I think these guys really set it up well that, you know, there's opportunity. We're certainly crazy busy in real estate right now. Every mortgage broker is crazy. Virtually every realtor is crazy. Um, very, very sophisticated uh, real estate economist named John Burns refers to it as a dead cat bounce. And, uh, and the reason specifically that's true is we've lost about 35% of the people that can get a mortgage. So does that mean that we're going to see a crash of 2008? Um, I know some people are predicting that. I'm not saying that. I do say it's a crash in slow motion because I think most people right now aren't seeing it. Um, so why do people come to note school? Why are people wanting to do creative financing? And does that matter? And I would say the punchline is creative financing solves the problem of financing that conventional lending doesn't solve. And so if you know how to solve that problem, you position yourself to be uh, the go-to person in the market. Um, you know, I mean, Tim will tell you, most realtors don't know how to solve this problem. When the financing goes away, they're done and they're fried. You know, Steve would tell you that, Robin would tell you that, all these, guys that are out there in the trenches every day, you have an opportunity and that's what I see as the good news. Virtually every lending source, virtually every uh, data source in the country is, is predicting 2020 and 2021 to be a decline in real estate values. It's not, that's not a question, that's an absolute. The question is, what's the number? Is it 5%, is it 10%? 
And I believe that it's going to be very much uh, uh, decided or, or, or it's, it's going to unfold, I guess I should say, based on the kind of real estate you're dealing in. So if you're typically dealing in houses you buy at a discount, I think those opportunities um, will be greater because I think they're going to see a, probably a deeper decline in value. Now, for these guys that say, well, we're buying rentals right now, you can pay any price for real estate if you structure the right terms, right? You can overpay for real estate because you pay them for the equity with tomorrow's dollars, not today's dollars. So don't be scared of the fact that I think I just need to freeze until we figure out what's going to happen in the market. I think you need to be cautious. You need to be smart. You need to understand that there are, there's, some, there's some caution lights ahead of us. But, but we're, doing, we're doing good business, just like all these guys on the panel are, and, uh, but we're doing business differently than we would have been doing it before the virus. In other words, we're looking at all the market characteristics and saying, is this a smart thing to do? So obviously I could go on forever and, and I won't, but these guys really are, you know, gave some, I thought, great advice about their market and their situation. And if you listen to the panel, virtually all of them do some form of creative financing also. You are correct. Thank you, Eddie. Um, you always need to have that extra financing thing in your back pocket. So uh, notes are a great thing to learn about and learn how that works. For those of you that are new, notes means that you are basically sort of being the bank. So the note is the, um, the IOU, I guess. So it's kind of like you're the mortgage company. And he can, he can obviously tell you a lot more about that and probably in better words um, than I just did. <laughs> but just for those of you, I just wanted to give a quick word for those who are new. All right. And last but definitely not least, we have Juan Carlos Cruz, who is co-founder of Real Estate IQ, and he's been investing in real estate, uh, both as a broker and investor for over a long time. He's had his hand in over 400 investment deals, and he's definitely uh, the visionary of our company and a visionary for real estate investments overall. So Juan Carlos, please take it away. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Becky, so much. And thank you, everybody. I guess this is the moment and I, I get nervous because you are going to find out that I have an accent. I say, oh, my goodness, everybody's finding out. So <laughs> what is done, I guess, yeah, you know, and I really appreciate uh, being here with everybody, with all the panelists. I know all of you for so many years, right? Uh, we've been doing business for a long time and I try to stay with the markets and all the changes. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that, uh, you know, a little bit of a story so you all know. Uh, I, I've been an entrepreneur. Um, uh, when I came uh, here to Texas, uh, I did the Yellow Pages. We sold it to a national corporation and then I became an investor and that was back in 2004. I learned it. It took me like about a year to learn and to understand and then I, start, uh, I started doing deals. And I got, a little, I got really good at doing a fix and flip. Uh, by the end of 2007, uh, I was doing about three to four deals uh, per uh, uh, month. You know, a small operation, but it was really big for me, right? It was like humongous. You said, oh my goodness, I can do all these deals. I know to, how to set up all the general contractors, how I know how to make offers, etc. In 2008, it was a bull market. You know, before 2008, it was great. 
Uh, you can buy and sell properties and uh, very easy. You buy it at a discount, fix it and sell it. Uh, then in 2008, everything changed. I was one of those people that didn't know how to change. You know, like uh, Robin, Robin was saying, I, I just kept doing the same thing, uh, buying more houses and trying to flip them. And when, when the market finally changed, I ended up with about 40 to 50 houses and I couldn't sell them and, uh, because I didn't change, right? So change is very important. At uh, that moment, I became a property manager, uh, I, I guess a uh, forced property manager. You know that what uh, means? You know, a lot of problems. Uh, so uh, anyway, so all this happens and uh, the idea with Real Estate IQ was that we created a company that was uh, how you call it, uh, uh, successful or that we could bear a bull market and a bear market, right? Because I was so nervous about, uh, you know, uh, having so many problems again that we created a kind of a business that, uh, you know, we are, that we are uh, be able to be successful in a bull market and a bear market. You know, all these years until right now, until uh, all the last five years, I guess, four or five years, we've been in an incredible bull market, right? So it's, it's big, humongous, everybody doing a lot of business. Uh, it's very good. It's very easy when it's a bull market, right? Because in a bull market, think about it like a river, right? We're in a river and the river is going north. And if we are all going north, we just need to swim a little bit faster. And then we are able to make some deals and be ahead of the pack. Right when uh, uh, now you know because of all the situations that we know, uh, etc. Uh, we are, I believe don't take my word. I, I'm not like a super super expert, but maybe it's a good idea for you to triangulate some ideas. I personally believe <clears throat> that we are entering the bear market. That we have entered the bear market. Um, so what happened is that when you enter the bear market, no, everything is not going to change immediately, right? So we went in a bull market and then a bear market and not everything is going to change and it's going to be terrible. No, it's going to take a time, right? So I believe in, in the bear market, there are three uh, areas of the bear market, right? The top of the bear market that we are now seeing it uh, is cooling off, a lot of changes. Then when the, the curve starts coming down, that's when we are going to see a lot of problems, right? Uh, we see a lot of uh, shrinkage. Did I say right? Shrink. You know, businesses shrink. Uh, there is less uh, business opportunities for everybody. Uh, it's more difficult to do business. Uh, um, um, and then we find out uh, that, uh, you know, it's difficult, right? But uh, in bear markets, that's what it is. Uh, because the curve, then at the end of the curve, then the market starts slow, slow, uh, improving a little bit, and then we are going to be able to do more business, and people are able to, uh, I guess, relax a little bit. Uh, in, in order uh, to say that is because uh, as we understand how the bear market uh, enter in the, in, we enter into a bear market, we know how to make decisions, right? Decisions are different. Now, we all can be investors, and investor is great. The thing is that we, there are not going to be that many investors. There is going to be more people sad than happy. And, and it's for us, I guess, to be in the happy side and to take advantage of the changes because think of it, it's like with COVID, you know, like retail uh, or hospitals, I mean, um, uh, hotels, right? They didn't say hotels, right? The hotel industry. Um, uh, Terrible, right? 99% of the business just got um, uh, terminated. 
And uh, we can say that retail and, and the, uh, and the uh, hospitality industry, right, uh, now is going to go into problems and it's changing, right? It may change from uh, retail uh, to more uh, industrial, right? More warehouses. Right now, people are living at home, so it's, it's changing. So because of all those changes, it's where we as an investor, how we take advantage of all those opportunities. And I think that uh, that's very, very important. The good news is mindset and is about uh, your mindset and about how you uh, uh, position yourself and how you learn from others. So uh, I think this is fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, learning from other people is how we can, uh, you know, make more business and, and grow, uh, I guess, in life. And I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, it's about us. It's about how we position ourselves. For real estate IQ is humongous because we have been able to do very well in Texas. So we are planning to grow nationwide. And it's a big, it's a big opportunity for us. Everything is online. Everything changed online. For us, it was very difficult. Let me tell you, before the pandemic, we uh, were so proud that we did 70 events that we went uh, to all the investment clubs and we did actually 70 events all throughout Texas. And then suddenly we couldn't do anything. Right, everything move online, and we have to change and adapt and make all these events. And now we are kind of thriving uh, because online is, is easier. So I guess that's the good news. And thank you so much. And please ask really good questions. And uh, thank you for the panelists and everybody who being, uh, for being here. All right, thank you, Juan Carlos. Uh, just a quick other word about Real Estate IQ, um, and then we'll open it up for questions and answers. So do feel free to type anything in the chat. And then um, when I'm done with this, you'll also be able to raise your hand if you'd like to verbally ask the question. So, all right, um, just for Real Estate IQ, if you missed the opportunity to um, get a free 45 minute online demo, Please just put demo please in the chat and somebody will contact you and take care of you for that. Yeah, um, I have a question for uh, uh, Becky. Yeah. Can yeah. I start with a question? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, please, please do your uh, thing. So sorry. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> and then you can start. Uh, before we get into the questions, I just want to tell everybody about our new community portal at Real Estate IQ. And this was actually uh, Juan Carlos's. Uh, brainchild and he's been getting this going and uh, we reached over a thousand members right now we just started it it's brand new and so it's going to really take off and we're going to have people here from all over the country so please go to realestateiq.co and join our community portal uh, join groups we have groups for different areas uh, so you can see I have a women in real estate we have a Florida investment apartment investors it's just a small sample um, Eddie has a note, investors, ones, one group as well. So please join our portal, join our group, because it's really going to grow and be the place to connect with other investors and find services and things that you need. Uh, we also have some freebies you can get just for joining us today. We have some heat maps that kind of show you where the deals are. These are just in Texas right now, but we will be expanding them in the future here. And we have a deal of the day which is a live deal listed on the MLS at a discount. And we eva evaluate it with our system and send it out so you can make an offer on it or look at it as an educational tool. So go ahead and sign up for any of those that interest you on the poll right there. 
And with that, we're going to go to question and answers. So Juan Carlos, go ahead. What is your first question? Oh, I was so excited. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I want to ask a question because, uh, you know, uh, I'm very interested, you know, uh, uh, with Eddie. I'm very, very interested in the European reading, uh, you know, and understanding so many things about the bond market and about the Federal, Federal, Federal Reserve. Did I say it right? Federal, Federal Reserve, you know, it's big in the US, the Federal Reserve, you know, manages our monies. Now we are printing so much money, I guess, or digitizing. It's not printing anymore, it's digits. <laughs> right? So uh, there is so much money, and it's not like when we print so much money, and when you have a big supply, it, that, it goes cheaper. So does, doesn't that mean that in the future we may have a, a little a bit of inflation? And I want to just, just, uh, just something that is been in my mind, and I'm so sorry if I'm making a mistake, uh, but just let me finish this uh, point and, and the question. You know, it's very, very important, I guess, for all the panelists. But it's been interesting for Eddie because it's related to notes, you know, the, to the bond market. Um, and it's really big because I'm thinking as the market, as we go into the bear markets uh, and then we have more inflation, uh, it's not that call that we have in the, in the 70s uh, when we call it stagflation, you know, stagflation when we had a big rate, big rate of inflation and low job creation. Um, is that a possibility in this type of market? Eddie? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, people are clearly worried about hyperinflation because we obviously had to print so much money. These, these subsidies are pretty crazy as to what they're costing. It's not a debate of whether we should or shouldn't. We just are where we are. Um, you know, I, I, I've changed my, lot, my mind a lot about, uh, you know, private financing and structuring long-term deals. Uh, you know, as I said, I started in the business in 1980, interest rates were, were 20%. So people did seller financing because they had to. And uh, so, you know, one of the fears you would have is that if I bought a note, if I bought a note today, am I at risk uh, with, you know, the whatever good yield I bought the note at, is that not a good yield in hyperinflation? And so I have a lot of uh, concepts that I really like to show people and, and how you structure your financing around the, the, the financing that you bought. Becky did a good job of explaining that a note is just to, you know, instead of, if you're buying a note or you're hearing these guys, they sell, sell financial property, they're simply the bank. They're the mortgage company. They're selling the property and they're wearing two hats. They're they're, they're selling the property, they're the seller, but they're also the bank. In other words, they're carrying the financing for the buyer. But you can also buy property and get the seller to carry financing for you. So there's a lot of strategies with the thought in mind, Juan Carlos, that if the financing, uh, if, if the market conditions get crazy with hyperinflation, there's a lot of uh, leveraging techniques you could use or hedging techniques that you could use to sort of bear that market from you. But remember this, people, as all these guys said on the panel, people sell uh, when they don't know what to do and, and they sell at a discount, particularly when they don't know what to do. So it's, it's solving a market problem that really puts us as real estate entrepreneurs in the 
the perfect opportunity. So I'm not really an economist. I, I think I'm fairly uh, uh, astute in, in, in real estate economy, more, the mortgage economy particularly. Uh, and, and I would say that, that we are in an interesting time. We're in a time where at the moment, every mortgage broker you know is swamped. And that's because they're making loans on the perfect people. The, the, the credit availability is, is, is drastically changed since the virus started. That's not gonna slip out quickly. And I, I used an expression earlier and I just think it's true. It is a crash in slow motion. But by the way, so was 2008. 2008, the crash did not happen. I, I believe me, I was deep in the space and, and it didn't happen in a month and it didn't happen in two months. So I think as this happens, just an awareness, once again, not fear, but an awareness so that we adjust our market. So low rates, we're in the opposite of when I started in 1980, we're in super low rates, but we're in what's called a credit crunch, meaning that you can't get credit unless you're perfect. If you're perfect, you're fine. Right. Can I, can I chime in on that too, um, Juan Carlos? Please, please. I'm, please. Not, an econ I'm not an economist either, uh, but um, I, I, I do follow, at least from a layman's perspective, I do follow the, what the Federal Reserve does. Um, and they seem to be more frightened of inflation than anything else in the world. And they will do anything they can to stop inflation from hyperinflation, God forbid, you know, uh, that they would allow that. Um, we didn't have, remember, we didn't have hyperinflation and maybe just a teeny bit of inflation during the QE1, QE2, QE3. Did anybody notice any huge, massive inflation when they were creating with the computer button, you know, 80 billion per month for all that time? I didn't, right? So, you know, it's, I don't think we're going to see that. And I, you know, I won't, I won't belabor that point, you know, but uh, I think Eddie made some great points though, too, right? If you can't get a loan unless you walk on water, uh, that's a, that's a different, that's a different aspect. But the inflation thing, I mean, the inflation happens when you got lots of dollars in circulation, right? And yes, we just created two trillion out of nothing or six trillion or whatever it was. You, you lose track, some, a, a trillion here, a trillion there, you know. But unless they release that into circulation, and one of the, way, one of the ways they moderate that is by you've got to walk on water to get a loan, right? If anybody in the world could get a loan, you know, if you get a mortgage, a conventional, you know, mortgage, then then yes, we might have some kind of concern in the real estate area, you know, of prices, you know, escalating, you know, artificially or whatever, but it doesn't seem, at least I'm not seeing that in my crystal ball, you know, so. That's very, very good. You know, I think that, um, uh, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the future is very difficult uh, to see. And, um, and, um, I, and I guess, uh, you know, uh, uh, we need, as an investors, we need to uh, take the market as it is and then we go one step at a time. Well, and to chime in, I mean, I agree. I think we need to, we need to be, we need to be educating ourselves right now and be very aware of what's going on and keep moving forward, but making smart decisions. 
um, and, and setting ourselves up. You know, one of the things that we've been working on for, we always work on and always have worked on is setting ourselves up for way, what may happen no matter what the market's going to do. Right now, we're, we, we've always been private money people. We've raised lots and lots of money to take care of our deals over the years, long-term financing, short-term uh, financing. And we are working very hard on building that pool right now and educating a lot, all of our lenders and a lot of more people out there that may be wanting to go that direction based on what happens as we go through this, because like, like everybody I think agrees 100%, you know, the, the market's not crashing down around us, but things are happening and it is going in a, that direction. And at some point, something is gonna happen. So the more prepared you are now for when that time comes, the better you will be. Very good. All right, Tim, do you have anything to add about that? Not really. Um, you know, real estate is hyper local. I think anybody who has the uh, unique blessing to live in San Antonio is living in a really unique market. I've never practiced real estate outside of the San Antonio area. Um, we are, as compared to uh, DFW in the Houston area, when they're zooming, we're kind of like right in the middle. When they're in the toilet, we're kind of like right in the middle. And we've got a unique blend of uh, biotech, military. Uh, we are now a huge inland uh, destination for all sorts of national call centers because we have a huge bilingual uh, base. Uh, we have a, a well-educated workforce, uh, you know, entry-level type uh, labor staffing. Uh, the University of Texas at San Antonio, by their own account, is the number one cybersecurity university in the United States. And so we've got a lot of tech coming in. We've got uh, a major uh, NSA compound uh, I have several clients that work for the NSA. They can't tell me what they do for a living, but man, do they spend money on real estate. My number one investor client, uh, who's an Alamoria member and a very good friend of mine, he works for the NSA. He's making more money for, uh, as an investor than he is at the NSA. <laughs> um, you know, we're just in this unique market. We have a 66 net uh, people coming into the San Antonio metropolitan statistical area every day, net. And so even with COVID-19, um, you know, shelter at home issues, there have been some military uh, PCS uh, uh, people coming in, you know, a permanent change of station that have been put on hold, but um, we're still getting some of these people that are buying in advance of them hitting the ground in San Antonio because they know how competitive this marketplace is. So we're, we're just in a unique uh, situation here in San Antonio. I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Awesome. So, Steve, what have you seen in Houston? What do you think makes Houston a, a special market for investors? Well, uh, man, I, <laughs> I mean, I think all of Texas is, you know, thank God we all live in Texas, you know, because Texas is, is a, a very good place to be, especially right now. 
but you know, like San Antonio, you know, Houston has always stayed very medium road, you know, not lots of highs, not lots of lows. Um, and I think uh, Houston really learned a lot after the 80s, like what Eddie was talking about with interest rates at 20% and everything, when all that crash came down around us. And Houston was very, very heavy into oil and gas. Well, Houston learned from that experience and diversified into other large industries uh, across the board. So it's brought in a lot of other, you know, uh, the medical centers have grown, you know, huge. Uh, the tech has, has grown up big here. And so um, it, it gives us a lot of opportunity uh, and, and it always has from the diversification. Um, but one of the things I think that we've got to keep our eyes on where, where I think we'll see some, you know, some advantages that come to investors is jobs. Jobs are going to really play a huge role with all the people out of work businesses that are shutting down that won't come back at some point without when the incentives go away or whatever happens as we go forward. Um, that's where, you know, there's going to be some, I think some, you know, potentially huge opportunities for us as investors to go in and, and pick up a lot of stuff. And like I said, being prepared for when that time hits, I mean, like I said, things are going on now we're, we're out there busy now, but when that time hits, being prepared to move very quickly and for me because i'm a buyer I'll, I'll buy everything i can um how long that window will be open nobody knows you know uh, it, there's just too many unknowns still out there but um i think you know houston being the size that, that it is also you know the greater houston area you know six six plus million people here um there's a lot of opportunity and uh, um, you know, I'm very happy to be in Houston, but if I was in Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, I would be doing the same thing and I'd be just as happy in that market. I would just have to learn that market. Like I know the market here. And as far as from the notes side of it, you know, everything we're doing in notes, notes are, notes are super solid right now. From our rental property standpoint, we're putting tenants, any vacant properties we have, we're putting tenants in them right away. Um, we have not lost any revenue from, from tenants. Our tenants are paying the rent every month. Even the ones that have lost jobs have been paying the rents 100%. Um, in the beginning of this, that was one of our biggest fears that, you know, oh my God, nobody's going to pay the rent. Well, <laughs> thank God we live in Texas because, you know, uh, you know, we take very good care of our tenants and our tenants in return have been taking very good care of us. So, you know, I think, I think Houston has a lot of advantages for those reasons. Um, from my perspective, you know, we also flip a lot of properties, but, and I think, I think if you're going to flip properties price point, I think it is very important to pay attention to. Uh, if you're going into the high end stuff, I think that's a bad move. If you want to do new construction, look at what's going on in new construction in Houston. It's dead. Nothing is happening. Don't, don't go down that road. Um, so, you know, I have a very strict criteria of how I buy properties and I have lowered my ARV. Um, you know, I used to buy at 250 and lower for the past three or four years. I've bought and done very well in that market. Since all this happened, I've dropped my criteria to 175 and lower. Very good. Because I'm, 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 I like I'm also a private money guy and I'm not going to put any of my lenders in any type of jeopardy either. So, um, but I think that, you know, 
if you can make some adjustments with what you're doing, you can, you can have great success and, and, you know, always keep moving forward. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Robin, how about you? What are you seeing in the DFW area that makes it uh, great for investing right now? Well, it's, it's, it's really funny to hear uh, uh, the other guys from San Antonio and Houston say, talk about the stability of their markets. Because uh, I've said that for years, uh, North Texas market is one of the most stable in the country. Uh, we don't have huge appreciation. That's the bad news. The good news is we don't have huge depreciation uh, in the downtimes either. Uh, same thing. Same thing with me. Uh, everybody is paying the rent now. I did get some calls, you know, when this first started. You know, quite frankly, from the most responsible of my tenants, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, what are we going to do? You know, oh boy, you know." And I just told them, "Well, let's just wait and see what the government does, you know, and let's let's give it a little time here, you know." Uh, blah, 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 you know, and, and actually in June, we actually set an all-time record of rent collection. I collected more rent in June, and not just because we've added properties, which we have during COVID, uh, but just because everybody paid, everybody's paying, you know, so I think this may have, you know, sort of jerked the slack out of certain people a little bit. I mean, I'm talking about tenants, you know, that they're like, oh boy, you know, this is a serious thing, you know, and the job market's been impacted. So we better get our, get our stuff together and make sure at least that we pay the rent. I mean, real estate is a commodity, right? Essentially. I mean, it may not be classified that way, you know, as a commodity with, as far as people who look at stocks and such, but everybody's got to have a roof over their head, a place to sleep, cook, go to the bathroom, place to keep them, you know, cool in the summer and warm in the winter. You know, it's, it's fundamental. Uh, and so people understand that and they're going to pay their rent it, or so that's that seems to be the lesson to me. Now, with that said, one of the lessons that I've kind of picked up from this whole COVID thing is what kind of jobs are impacted by something like this? And, you know, I will we always have been and we always will be respite, you know, compliant with every way that we treat every tenant, blah, blah, blah. You know, in fact, I we use a, you know licensed real estate agent, you know, to take care of that, you know, for us, uh, to help us find tenants when we have vacants. Um, but um, it is, it is in the back of my mind, like, and it was, and it was a little bit surprising. Some of the people that actually got furloughed, uh, man, they had good jobs, good incomes, people in the medical industry, um, you know, uh, called me, you know, and they got furloughed and such, you know, in, in certain situations where they they sounded like they were integral to the business uh, for whatever doctor or, or medical facility, et cetera. So, you know, again, so going forward, I'm going to, I'm going to be sensitive to, you know, thinking through what if we have some other thing like this occur, what, you know, I want to have tenants like I have now uh, that are going to be considered very stable types that is if i want to continue to collect rent because we of course the government bailed us all out you know in this scenario so or so it seems to a large degree but you know are they always going to do that you know maybe maybe not right will they always be able to print or create trillions of dollars uh, out of the out of thin air maybe not maybe maybe not again you know i go back to staying nimble uh dallas for worth is is awesome you know, I, actually, I shouldn't say that. I should say 
you know, all you guys, it's horrible. You know, uh, <laughs> nobody, nobody should be in, investing in North Texas, right? You know, so, uh, no, seriously, seriously, though, it, I mean, and there's nothing we can do about it, you know, because, I mean, there are people all, all over the country who have now for years been investing in North Texas, uh, you know, and so many of the wholesalers are, you know, they've got great relationship with people who run hedge funds and people in California, New York, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, I think in a large degree, that's what's contributed, I'll put it that way, to uh, the seller's market we've had now for so many, how many years has it been now? Eight, nine, 10 years or something, you know, it's been a seller's market. So um, that's, that's, my, that's my thoughts on the North Texas, North Texas market. All right. Juan Carlos, did you want to say something? Juan Carlos is frozen. I think so. <laughs> like froze. I'm glad it was him and not, I'm glad it wasn't me. <laughs> Juan Carlos, I think you're frozen. Um, so I had some great questions in the chat. One is, what is your favorite or what <coughs> real estate investing book would you recommend the most? So uh, Juan Carlos, what's what's the favorite book that you would recommend? My favorite book? Well, uh, I was reading two books just recently. Uh, how to Become a Master. <laughs> Very nice book. Uh, you know, How to Become a Master is, uh, you know, uh, teaches you how to be the best that you can be. Uh, you know, and uh, just focus on one on, on several things, and there are different ways to become a master. But the key is to try to choose something that you are very good at it and, and, and do it really good. And the other book that I was reading it was the uh, the uh, Jackal Island. You know, the meeting, the famous meeting of the Jackal Island <laughs> with the Federal Federal Reserve. I learned so many things, and it's just incredible that you know it wakes me up of of what is who are the real owners in the U.S., right, who are the um, uh, people that are managing everything. Interesting. 560-something pages, though, by the way, just for those of you thinking about reading that book, it's, 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 it's <laughs> well, this well, thick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm gonna do a, a two-second quick terrible plug, but I think the best book is the new book I've just got coming out <laughs> your private lender roadmap <laughs> Very nice. i don't know who asked that question but you know i just had to do that <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and i'll send the copies to anybody that wants them <laughs> so. doesn't, it kind of, doesn't it kind of depend on where you're at too i mean in your real estate mm -hmm. you know career right i mean if you're just getting started it's going to be maybe one thing but if you've already you know, kind of advanced, it might be a different book that helps you now, you know, so. I, I would agree, that's very, real good advice. Yeah, you know, wherever you're at, what uh, what your mindset is, uh, experience level could have a great deal to do with that. Um, uh, a book that I, uh, I like a lot is uh, The Compound Effect, which is a small, easy uh, book. Um, and uh, it's, it's basically, you know, we don't have to go out and do one great big thing necessarily at, at one time, but it's doing the same thing consistently over and over and over again. How with anything in life, how you can gain momentum and most of us do through just a simple methods. I think uh, Darren Hall, I think that's the name of the author. I don't have that, that books at the office. I don't have that one here. Darren, Darren um, Hardy. Darren, Darren Hardy. Hardy. Darren Hardy. Yeah. 
um, you know, real simple, easy read. Um, and uh, that's what, one of my favorite ones. And then um, another one is uh, Success is No Secret. So, you know, there, there, it just depends on where you're at. Those are a couple books that I've always very much enjoyed and have always guided me along. Uh, Eddie, how about you? I, you know, it's really funny. You, you've got to go figure out if you're looking for a real estate book, what, what is it you're looking for? You know, I mean, it's just such a wide band. Um, and, you know, the first thing I would say is you have to learn how to evaluate any real estate deal. What drives value in the market? Obviously, the sticks and bricks, you know, how it comps out. What it, what it has capable of producing an income, whether it's, whether it's um, you know, rental or whether, you, whether they can get a mortgage or whether you make them a mortgage as a seller finance note. I, I did a really, I think a, a solid ebook last year and I'll, I'll be like Steve and I'll do a shameless plug, but it's solid. It's, it's called, a, it's a whole new ball game with creative financing. So it was written about the idea of the, the movie Moneyball right, about baseball and how you just look at property values differently and stuff. Look, I'm not a general real estate guy. I'm a creative finance guy. I've, I teach in the past 12 months, I've had at least 300 of the top 500 real estate investors in the United States come to note school to learn creative financing techniques, right? And I teach everything from a newbie to the most advanced guys in the business. These guys are way better at buying single family houses as far as sticks and bricks and wholesaling concepts than I am. I'm a specialist. I just, we just happen to have entered a market condition where I believe a specialist is not an option. It's going to be an obligation. You've got to go. If you can't figure this out, I think you're going to get your butt kicked. I think wholesaling has some, some dark days ahead of it. I'm not going to mislead you. Right. Uh, because what's the wholesaler going to do? Right. Or it's, if you're, if you're just flipping houses, wholesaling houses, where's the money coming from, from the wholesaler to buy a house from you? Well, he's not a hedge fund. He doesn't have, he doesn't have 50 million bucks in the bank. He's going to have to rely on financing. What's going to be two hard hit markets are going to be uh, uh, rental property loans. And the sec second thing is going to be, he's reselling a house and his consumer has to go get a conventional mortgage. Now, I'm not disagreeing with anything that these guys are saying about market demands and rentability and cash flow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that, that is against that. So as far as like what real estate book do I read, I say that you've got to go figure out what it is you're trying to do, right? You know, or, you know and, and once you do that, then that's going to be that's going to be a library full of things. So I don't want to tell somebody my favorite real estate book. And, you know, it's, it's Pandora's box. You see what I'm saying? It's a great question. It's just a deeper question than there's a seven second punchline answer to, if that makes sense. All right, thank you. Tim, what are your, uh, what's a book that you would recommend? I've got, a, I've got about three books that I would recommend. If you um, are, especially if you're just getting started and really in any, any sort of business, the first one, is, is to help you work on your mindset and your relatability to other people. And as it pertains to, to real estate, 
I think everybody needs to learn how to be a real estate evangelist. Talk about the good news of real estate and what you're doing and whether that person ends up being a customer of you or your private lender. Um, you know, you, you need to be able to be uh, relatable. And one of the books that was uh, very fundamental in my uh, uh, formation of my, my mindset was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's a timeless book uh, that was written, I think, in the 1920s. Um, it, it is applicable to every generation. And it, it was very much, uh, it took me from being an introvert, and people don't believe me when I tell them I started out as an introvert, uh, to being a very relatable, outgoing, gregarious person who leads the real estate investment club with 477 members and talks at when we have live meetings, you know, in front of uh, hundreds of people at a time. Um, Another book that works on mindset so that you understand business principles from being self-employed to actually being a business owner would be uh, The Rich Bit Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. So it, that's going to give you that paradigm shift in do you uh, run a business or does a business run you? And so that's very important. Um, and then delving into something that's more specific to real estate investors per se would be the millionaire real estate investor by Gary Keller. It, it just lays out Gary Keller and he's the, uh, one of the founders of Keller Williams real estate. And it just lays out the right mindset and approach to actually being a real estate investor. All right. The book from Kelly Webb. Kelly. All right. Um, it's, there's some great, people have put some great books in the chat as well. Um, make sure if you want it to go out to everybody that you change it to read to all panelists and attendees uh, so that everybody can see it. So let's see, there's a lot of great questions and comments on here. Um, Mario says, can you offer any advice on finding a mentor to get started investing and develop a mutually beneficial relationship? And I'm going to tell you, Mario, that any of these guys here would be great mentors. Um, but do you have anybody, any special advice for somebody just getting started? Well, I would say uh, if you're looking for a mentor, the first and most important thing to do is align yourself with someone that does what you want to do. Um, I see a lot of people jump into coaching programs and don't really know what they're doing and they get into it and they've spent a ton of money and it's not for them. It's not their personality. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into that, you know. Uh, there's also, you've also got to be careful not to fall in the trap of, you know, there's a lot of unethical stuff going on out there. And you've got to find, you know, some, some good people that have good reputations that have been around and you want to, you know, talk to other, other students, find out what, what kind of reputation that person has. Um, you know, in a nutshell, that's, you know, the advice I would give. Great. Uh, Robin, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, now, you know, I, I think your best mentors are the way to really learn the business. And I mean, this is the way I learned it. Uh, 
So your mileage may vary if you have a different personality than I do or whatever, but I showed up at every real estate networking meeting that I could possibly find. And right now, by the way, just as a little editorial aside, if you've been in the business five minutes, you've got a meetup or a, you know, there are more now than there's ever been ever. So there is, there is, you could be every night, you could probably attend at least two or three uh, <laughs> meetups or online or anything. It's, there's tons of it. Uh, the problem with the online is you don't get to interact, you know, it's a, it's a different dynamic. Uh, but if and when, by the way, we are, every effort we, we can, we're actually trying to go back to in-person and online. Okay, we've had like three meetings uh, already doing, we were there in the hotel room, socially distanced and all that. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, just show up and talk to as many people as you can and find out who can answer your questions. Find out who's been in the game for a long time. And, you know, try to see who's, who seems like they're not really trying to sell you anything. They're not, they're just, you know, but maybe they're looking for a relationship though, which we all should be looking for, right? We all should be looking to mentor somebody and for somebody to mentor us. You know, the, the day I draw my last breath on this earth, I think I'll still be that guy, right? wanting to learn something else, but being very willing to, to share and teach what I've learned, right? And, you know, so for me, and mind you, and what I'm about to say, we sell memberships at our DFW REI club where we, you know, and we charge money and mentorship is part of it. So listen closely to what I'm about to say. I totally agree that you should not quickly sign up for any of that, okay? Because, because you, need to, you need to count the cost. I'm, I'm the same way like uh, Steve right, mentioned. I've seen so many people spend a lot of money, uh, and, but they didn't really count the cost. One of the, one of the tests, and you know, I'm about to give myself up here, but one of the tests I used to do with people who said they wanted to be a diamond member, they wanted to, to sign up for mentorship with us, I, is I would try to talk them out of it, right? And I'm kind of doing that now, you know? And if they persisted and pressed through, said, no, I gotta have it or whatever, you know, I would ultimately eventually tell them, well, you passed the first test, right? Because you've got to have a passion, you know, that's part, that's an, that's an essential ingredient to success in anything in life, is I'm going to do this Come hell or high water, no matter what happens, no matter what the market is, the decision's already made is simply a matter of time until I'm very successful at this. You know, and again, I'm not gonna mentor everybody on this meeting. We don't have time for that right now, but that's you you've gotta be that guy or you'll sign up. And people can give you all this detailed information about real estate. And it can be good and awesome and right and perfect. And you will do nothing with it if you don't have that drive and passion and dedication and commitment and discipline, you know, on the inside of you. We, we actually, in the middle of introducing the sponsors every week, you know, we meet on Saturdays mornings, I'll introduce the sponsors, et cetera, in the PowerPoint. But then I will, in the very middle of it intentionally, I'll play an inspirational video and we'll talk about it. And it's all about what's going on on the inside of you. Are you motivated? And, you know, blah, 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 maybe a Grant Cardone video about 10X to kick everybody's butt, you know, 
something like that. By the way, that's a great book. We should put that in the in the chat as well. Um, but you know, that's that's the essential. That's really essential part of success is that that element. You know, and it's 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 an intangible. You know, and but all the all the details of all the real estate stuff education will do you no good if you don't have that part of it you know so that's let me just stop with stop with that because that's the that's the number one thing to me all right thank you um a couple other books that people put in the chat uh mitch stevens my life in a and a thousand houses if you're Want to look at creative owner finance? That's um, that's a good one about owner financing. Um, Life after Google by George Gilder. Um, Easier than you think. Expert guide to single family real estate investing by Mike Hanna. One for beginners. Uh, we the four four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Can I can I throw in a another suggestion too? Since nobody said it, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a is a must read. You know, critical. Yeah, great one for building any business or yeah. even going beyond that as well. Yes, um, we had a question about a good book for a beginner on how to do calculations to evaluate buying and selling. Uh, Juan Carlos, you want to talk about that? Me? Yep. Oh, well, I don't know if there is a books or, you know, there are all kinds of books, right, uh, to analyze that. But uh, I would say um, practice, you know, I guess practice and spreadsheets. You know, we offer some spreadsheets about how to, uh, um, uh, you know, how to analyze properties and I guess how to do it. Um, and I think it would be more like uh, about practice, you know, uh, practicing, I don't know any specific books, I don't know anybody knows, but uh, what I did in my, in, with my, in my experience was in that part of, of analyzing properties is actually go ahead and do it uh, and analyze many properties as, as, as possible. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of properties on the MLS uh, to analyze, you know, I guess a lot of newbies uh, you know, we always kind of start with that and analyzing a lot, of, a lot of properties. And I think that would be the book. You know, go ahead and and and, uh, and uh, get one of our spreadsheets of anybody of here of the panelists. I'm sure they, they have their own spreadsheets to analyze properties, uh, understand that, analyze. You know, what's the difference between buy and hold, fix and flip. You know, the rule of the seventy percent. That's the biggest rule in their life. Let me tell you, I learned that rule. <laughs> Such an easy rule to be an investor. And if you just follow the rule of the 70%, everything is gonna be easy. And I think that's, that's the master rule. The, the biggest uh, rule of thumb is the 70% rule of thumb. Uh, please learn that rule. Right, Adam says, there's a book called What Every Real Estate Investor Needs to Know About Cash Flow." That is good for that as well. But there are all kinds of online spreadsheets. Uh, check out our website, we can help you out with those as well yeah we have also uh, we publish roi muse with our partner uh joseph and roi muse is a very cool tool specifically to do uh spreadsheets hundreds of spreadsheets for all kinds of you know residential and commercial uh, deals uh, uh please look at it roi muse is in our website 
and unrealistic IQ, and uh, just look on their uh, tools. ROI Muse is a very good tool to do that. All right, there was also a request. Steve, do you want to put uh, the full title of your book and a link to it in the chat? Um, and uh, well, yeah, well, actually, actually, the, the, our, that book is in, is, in, is in production right now. It's being printed right now, so it's not complete 100%. Um, but if you want to uh, email us at uh, support at thewealthclub.org, then uh, we'll be happy to send out an ebook to you as soon as we get them in. Uh, should be in within the next 30 days. Uh, be happy to send uh, a free ebook to anyone that would want one. All right. And Juan Carlos, there's, there was a request for you to put the titles of your two books in the chat that you said. I one, The Creature of the Jackal Island. And Robin was right. We were, you know, there were some chapters like, oh my goodness, <laughs> it was like very uh, hard to get through it, but it was a lot of fun. It will make you mad and sad and every, all kinds of emotions all at the same time when you realize what the bankers are doing. It's, it is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, sneak preview. Jekyll Island. It's not the It's not the creature from from uh, the Black Lagoon. Uh, Jekyll Island was, a, was an island off of Georgia where they, where all these people back in the early 1900s went to originally form the Federal Reserve System. That's, that's what that is about. So. All right, fantastic. Um, Damon said a lot of great deals are taken really quickly. How can you stay in competition with fast-moving buyers? How do, you, how do you take care of that? Go ahead, Steve. You're laughing. <laughs> well, I, I'm a very fast-moving buyer, so um, how to stay in competition with someone like myself? You've got to move as fast as I can, and 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 I mean. You know, I always kind of built a reputation, especially in the early years of, you know, if you were going up against me on a deal, you better be real quick because I can get the money, I can get the contract, I can close the deals very quickly. Um, I'm uh, a very, very good negotiator. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a complicated, as, as easy as the question is, it's a complicated answer because it could go a million different directions. Um, but, uh, you know, you just, if, if, the, if it's a good deal, then people are going to move fast. The, it, depending on how you're finding your deals, um, if you're marketing for your own deals, uh, which is, you're always going to find the best deals if you're marketing for your own deals, um, then, you know, you may not, you may have less competition. If you're trying to, uh, buy from wholesalers, uh, I do have a whole, couple wholesalers I do pick up deals from sometimes. And, uh, but they, I, they have my criteria. I'm very strict on my criteria. And they know that if a deal, if they come across a deal that fits my criteria, they call me because they know I can move very quickly and I will get it done. If, and if I agreed to buy the deal from them, there's no backing out of the deal. It's a closed deal. Um, so those are some of the things that I do. Um, but, but if a deal comes across my, my, in front of me, I move very, very quickly. I can evaluate a deal in a few minutes. Generally, I know lots of parts of town because I just know this town very well because I've been in so many areas and we do a lot of stuff in a lot of areas. 
Um, there's times where I don't need to evaluate the deal because I already know what the numbers are in that neighborhood. Then I can move even faster or make a decision quicker. Um, and, and like I say, you know, a lot of people know me and if, if I sit, tell you it's a deal, then we, we don't, we don't back out. We've never backed out on a deal unless there's some crazy thing that comes up on the title or something. But, um, uh, that's, you know, you, you got to move quick and it's, I don't know what to tell you. If you can't move faster than me, then I get the deal. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it is having uh, the confidence of, you know, not having shaky finances. I, mm-hmm. I have people come to me every now and then it's like, I need to get into flipping because I want to get out of debt. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and I, you know, ask them some questions like, but Tim, I don't need money because y'all are always preaching OPM, other people's money. I'm like, well, yes, that's to enhance your return. But in addition to OPM, you also have to have ODM, your own damn money, to back you up in case you have a craptastic failure so you can bail yourself out. And so if you have that financial security behind you, then you don't end up being a nervous Nelly and you can step onto the property when there's five other people evaluating because of who, whatever wholesaler has this whole cattle call thing and say, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Very good point. So let me add one little thing here too, because I think maybe the, maybe part of the motivation on the question is, you know, I see all these emails from all these wholesalers and I make an offer and I never get accepted. You know, the 70% minus repairs, formula isn't working for me, right? Oh, by the way, everybody knows that formula, right? What, a little story about, a, about what's happened to us during COVID is, you got these guys who sent out mass emails to everybody. Well, I always look at them, you know, no matter, I, you know, I buy very few of them, but I always look. And I looked at one recently when the COVID thing first started and developed a relationship with a very, very, very high volume wholesaler. Uh, the first one I bought from him. Um, and he told, he gave me a little inside info, right? He said, as soon as COVID went down, a lot of the, I'll just call them institutional buyers that he had been selling a lot to pulled back, right? Now, I don't know if they're still pulled back. I think maybe they've got the clue now. Maybe they're not so pulled back anymore. But to begin with, they were like, oh, no, I'm, okay, I'm putting the brakes on. <clears throat> Robin, staying in a position all the time to either buy or sell, was, I recognize, I mean, you know, everybody's heard Warren Buffett's statement that when everybody is fearful, he gets greedy. When everybody's greedy, he gets fearful. Well, I could tell that the fear was beginning. And so Robin got greedy and jumped in and, and said, well, gosh, that's in my area. I wouldn't mind buying that property. Called the guy and he told me all this great behind the scenes uh, stuff. And he actually, yes, this is true. This is not an urban legend. This is not, I'm not making this up. A very high volume wholesaler who sells to institutional buyers all the time gave me a wholesale deal at a reasonable margin. I know it's hard to believe, but yes, that actually happened. Okay. And we bought a property and we bought a rental and he was happy to, to find another buyer. Here's another little tip, you know, unsolicited here too. If you're a buyer and you have cash and you perform and you buy something from a wholesaler, 
That wholesaler now loves you, by the way, okay? And that you, you just jumped to the top, maybe not the very top, but you definitely made it to their, you know, top level uh, group of investors of people that they might, you know, give an inside track to on a future deal. So, you know, performing like Steve was saying, you know, he's a solid guy. He moves quick. He's got cash. He knows what he's doing. Yes, absolutely. I resemble that remark, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I, every now and then when something like this, that wouldn't, I don't think it would have happened if COVID, you know, hadn't happened quite frankly, because I'm not, I'm not buying on appreciation like so many of these out of state, you know, hedge funds are doing, right? I, sorry, I'm, I'm not, I, I do need a discount. I do need to buy at a discount. I'm not paying 90, 95%, 100%, uh, and then hope, you know, planning on appreciation. I know the properties are going to appreciate, yes, over time. And yes, I'm a long term buy and hold investor, yes, but I, my old, uh, my old buddy BD Atkins taught me maintain multiple exit strategy options all the time right yep. and if you're buying at 90 percent you know or whatever you're really not doing that to the, the extent that you should so you know all right great advice um we have a question about investors getting their real estate license and so tim i'm going to go to you first since you are a real estate uh, agent, and I know that you would advocate for getting your license. Um, so the question was, does getting your license pose any obstacles and restrictions on being an investor? I personally don't feel that having a license puts any restrictions on you. If you are operating your business from, uh, you know, coming from contribution and you're always creating a win-win outcome, uh, if you're not of the mindset of trying to stroke deals where you brag to your friends, I can't believe that guy went for that. I can't believe it. You know, that, that's, that's not the right way to treat people. Uh, those people will have a very short lifespan as far as their career in the real estate industry. And those are the types that I hear you know, on the opposite side of that opinion from me, like, you don't want your license. You don't want to have to be bound to disclose. And I, I'll tell you, I can't begin to tell you how many wholesale deals I get because I told the heirs or the, you know, the, that elderly couple that has that home in severe disrepair, they come to me, they come back to me. Yours wasn't the highest offer but we went with you because you told us everything that we needed to know. You told us what it was worth to you, what you thought your rehab budget was going to be, what you thought you could ultimately get for that property. And these are the things that these other guys don't want you to know. And by not having a license, they don't have to tell that person that information. So, having a license get you know my ethics wouldn't allow me to not give them that information but my license gives me the opportunity to, to provide every exit strategy to that particular individual i'll tell somebody what that house is worth as is what the rehab budget is what the high retail value is and i tell them are, do you just want to punt or do you want to open up the check 
book and partner with me or one of my investors that would actually buy this deal if it's not something I'm purchasing. And I've only had one person ever say, hey, is it, it's only going to cost that much? Yeah, why don't I just go ahead and get the work done and then I'll list with you. Hey, how, how, how great is that that you never could lose a deal because you couldn't provide the solution that they ultimately chose? All right, thank you for that. Um, I'm sure there are, there are other investors here that would say you don't need it, but you have some good arguments for that. Uh, we are about out of time here, so I'm gonna give you all one last chance. Uh, the question is to a new investor, somebody starting out, what is your biggest piece of advice as we move into this next market? Um, so let's, uh, Robin, let's start with you. I, I, the biggest piece of advice for an investor moving into the next market. I've already said it, you know, you've got to maintain an ability to do whatever the market gives you because the market is going to change. That's, that's one thing we know for sure. The market's going to change and it is changing, right? So some people are saying there's going to be more foreclosures. You know, some people are, you know, of course, short sales and foreclosures tend to go hand in hand. Uh, do you understand how to have a conversation on seller financing? You know, anything that Eddie Speed would ever tell you, you know, please, you know, learn you, you know, learn how to have a conversation about seller financing open up to yourself yes you got to get out there and do it but educate yourself on as many different ways to structure deals as you can and make sure you can take them down the financing question is huge right do you have a heloc do you have a good hard money you know lender lined up and pre-qualified with them you know whatever it whatever it takes you know um so just being ready for whatever happens to come down the pipe. That's my, that's my thought. All right, thank you. Um, Eddie, what would be your advice to new investors? I think it's what we've talked about tonight. Just be informed about the market. You know, I mean, just don't be a herd follower. You know, that's the biggest thing I see that people that get smacked in real estate and I've lived through a lot of cycles they were just following the herd and they were just kind of oblivious to what the, the what was go, really going on out there. So just, you, there's no, there's no one specific style. I mean, I like, I have a style that I love, but it's not the only style that it will work. But I would say that anybody I try to help in the business, I want them to be fully aware of what's going on. All right. Thank you, Eddie. How about you, Steve? Uh, I agree. I think, you know, depending on where you're at, um, education is everything, uh, kind of trying to define, not necessarily what you want to do, but like everybody's talked about, we don't always do what we want to do. We, we need to follow what the market tells us. And, and because of HGTV, everybody wants to do what they want to do. That's how come so many people fail in, in doing it, you know, um, but follow what the market says, get involved in your area in some real estate clubs. All of us have some clubs here that 
give a lot of education. We follow market cycles. I think, you know, um, we, we are very big, you know, the Wealth Club is about education. Yes, we do have products. Yes, we do sell different things. Um, but education comes first and foremost with what we're trying to provide to all of our members and our non-members. Um, so I think, you know, that's really the best advice I could probably give to you. Thank you, Steve. How about you, Robin? I think you mean, well, I mean, I, I already gave mine, so did you skip, oh. <laughs> you skip some? Uh, <laughs> did I miss it? Tim, did you give yours? I'm sorry, I, I was trying I to... I'll, I'll be happy to repeat what I said. But. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, we, rem we, we remember, um, Robin. Okay. Juan Carlos, how about you? What advice okay. do you have for anyone? Okay, I just, um, based on my experience, I guess, uh, you know, back in 2008, I did a lot of MLS deals. And MLS deals is very easy, you know, right? If you're a new investor, analyzing MLS deals is uh, uh, quick and easy. Uh, MLS deals are not very creative. Uh, it's just about being fast and, uh, you know, putting out offers, going and uh, looking at properties, analyzing the properties, doing the CMAs, you know, big CMAs. You know, if you want to be a, a good investor, you need to be an expert on CMAs, right? Because actually you buy the properties or, or the deals, you find them when you are creative with your CMAs. I, I can tell you how so many deals that I did because my CMA was so different than the other investors uh, because I maybe added a, a uh, bathroom or I increase a little bit of the square foot, etc. But I think MLS is very, very good to start, uh, you know, to learn um, uh, and to move forward. And of course, you know, we are entering into uh, 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 some markets that we need to be really creative on, uh, on our financing, on our, our deal making. So learning to be creative I think is uh, one of the keys. I want to learn more, <laughs> to be more creative uh, and structure the deals and uh, bring solutions, right? Uh, don't focus on ourselves. You know, every time, you know, I was reading this other book, um, uh, the, um, what do you call the, uh, like a sales book for performance. And what I was saying is that don't focus on ourselves. It's not about our service, it's about the other person. So being empathetic, right? Uh, uh, sympathetic with other people, understand them. Uh, I think this is one of the most important things in business. Uh, you're trying to understand the other person, bring a win-win solution. You focus on that, I think, um, and I'll be a learner, right? Uh, learn more. Uh, also, you know something, I'll become a coach for someone, and then you learn a little bit more. Uh, so uh, I, I think it's uh, uh, being very cautious with your own money. Of course, and if you are a beginner and you haven't done your first deal, of course, your first deal, is, I guess, is the key and make it a successful deal so you last longer. The key of, of being a successful investor, maybe you're not so smart, but that you last longer. And as you last longer and you learn more, then more opportunities will open. All right, thank you. And Tim, sorry, I think you were the one I skipped. Okay, so in advice for beginner investors, is that what you... Was yes. that the question? Okay. Yes. So uh, two things. Join a local real estate investors association. Like Robin said earlier, man, you could you could swing a dead cat and hit ten meetings in a, in a week, right? 
um, find the one that agrees with you. You're going to see that there are lots of uh, groups out there. Some are focused on truly educating their members. Some are uh, focused on taking from their members, milking them. Um, and before you find a mentor or contract with a mentor, because some of these are paid mentorships, uh, really be a just a sponge. Go to meetings before you spend the big money. And I've spent the big money. I've spent twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and I'm sure that on this panel I've spent the least, right? I, I bet. Uh, but before you drop those big bucks, be a sponge for about a year in your local RIAs, and then find the people and and don't just ask people which groups or which mentors or gurus that they went to the, you know, their out of state conference or whatever, you know, cause there's lots of professional students in these RIAs, right? But ask, find out who's, who's uh, bought what programs and then say, how many deals have you done? How many houses do you own? And, and people will, when you kind of sort of put them on the spot, I mean, don't go, how many have you done? Uh, but, you know, when you've built a relationship with that person and they have a little bit of trust with you, they'll start to tell you the things that they're doing. And some will admit that they're just a professional student. Um, but then then you find out where you spend money. Like Eddie Speed, I know that, uh, you know, Alamo Ria is really big on, you know, you've come and spoken to our group a couple of times, you know, um, the, the national, the local RIAs will be the ones that you want to find out who do I spend the big bucks with? Because I guarantee you could get on Google tonight and your real estate investing and find somebody that you could spend $20,000, $30,000 with and not get a dime worth of value. And it's unfortunate that we find people who do exactly that. They Google around, they spend big money, and they never set foot inside a local real estate investors association. And we get those people that say, you know, I'm so glad I found you because I wasted X amount of money with so-and-so individual. Um, so you need to go local first. And then I think the next thing that you need to do is if you are not eloquent in public speaking, and I don't mean that getting up on stage in front of 500 people. But if you don't have the ability to speak eloquently and passionately about what it is that you're doing, real estate investing, I would highly encourage you to join a Toastmasters chapter. And Toastmasters is a non-judgmental environment of people who help and encourage other people to be more effective at public speaking. So whether you're talking to one person that's a stranger or a room of 250 people, that's a public speaking environment. And when you're trying to find ways to uh, attract private lenders to you, and when you're trying to find properties to buy, you need to know how to communicate eloquently and passionately and not com completely be stuttering and yammering and like I just did for a fact right there. And so Toastmasters, actually, I've gotten real estate deals from Toastmasters. I've gotten people to join my brokerage and become a real estate agent from my participation in Toastmasters. I get to speak about the two things I love myself, I love the most. I love 
I, I like myself a lot. I love myself a lot and I love real estate. And so I get to talk about those two things, you know, and it attracts business to me and it makes me more confident in actually becoming the president of Alamoria was kind of uh, born out of me accidentally saying that I was a, a Toastmasters member and then uh, the owners of Alamoria, uh, Ray Sasser and Sharon Fernandez said, hey, you're good. So you're good at public speaking. Hey, we need you to run this meeting next week because so-and-so couldn't do it. So <laughs> I'll stop right there. But my, my plug is to join a local RIA and join a Toastmasters group. Thank you, Tim. And thank you to everyone for being here tonight, uh, for sharing your Wednesday evening with us. And thank you especially to all of our panelists for sharing their knowledge. So thank you all again for joining and happy deal finding and have a great night. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Great evening. For thank webinar you. schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.